Chapter Twenty of the History of Miss Betsy Thoughtless, Volume Three, by Eliza Haywood. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Michelle Eaton. Chapter Twenty contains diverse things. Miss Betsy was all this time enjoying the little fraud she had been guilty of. The idea how Mr. Trueworth would be surprised at finding his picture had been taken away and the various conjectures that would naturally rise in his mind upon so odd an accident gave her more real pleasure than others feel on the accomplishment of the most material event she was indeed of a humour the most perfectly happy for herself that could be cheerful gay not apt to create imaginary ills as too many do and become wretched for misfortunes which have no existence but in their own fretful dispositions on any real cause either for grief or anger that happened to her nobody it is certain felt them with more poignant sensibility but then she was affected with them but a short time the turbulent passions could obtain no residence in her mind and on the first approaches of their opposite emotions entirely vanished as if they had never been the arrows of affliction of what kind soever they were but slightly glanced upon her heart not pierced it much less were able to make any lasting impression there she now visited as usual saw as much company as ever and hearing no mention made wherever she went of her adventure with the mock baronet concluded the whole thing was and would remain an eternal secret and therefore easily forgot it or if it came into her head remembered it only on account of her deliverer she was now on exceeding good terms with her brothers who were full of spirits themselves the elder mr thoughtless who loved play but too well had lately had some lucky casts and mr francis had accomplished his affairs his commission was signed and everything contributed to render the whole family perfectly easy in themselves and obliging to each other in the midst of this contentment of mind mr edward goodman came to town from deal the two Mr. Thoughtlesses, on account of the many obligations they had to his uncle, and the good character they had heard of himself, received him with abundance of respect and affection. This young Indian had a great deal of the honest simplicity of his uncle, both in his countenance and behaviour, and wanted not politeness and good manners sufficient to render his conversation very agreeable. He was sent from Bengal at about four years of age, and received the first rudiments of his education at one of the best schools in england where he continued till he had attained to his nineteenth and then returned to his native country and was now about twenty-four mr thoughtless had now got so much the better of his mistress as to prevail on her to content herself with keeping in her own apartment whenever he had any company by whom it was improper for her to be seen he made a handsome entertainment for Mr. Goodman soon after his arrival, to which the lawyer, who had the care of his affairs, with his wife, a well-bred discreet woman, was also invited. Miss Betsy, at the request of her brother, presided at the head of the table. Dinner was ordered to be ready about three, and the invitation accordingly made, but the lawyer not coming, his wife perceiving they waited for him, was a little perplexed, but she was soon eased of it, by his coming in less than a quarter of an hour after the time he was expected. 
this gentleman was the very person who made mrs blanchfield's will and to apologize for his stay he related to them the cause that had detained him which was that a demure being made to the payment of some part of the money bequeathed by that lady to mr trueworth he had been obliged to go with him in order to rectify the mistake which had occasioned it in giving this account he imagined not that any person present had the least concern in it or even were acquainted with either of the parties he mentioned miss betsy said nothing but had her own reflections on what he had been saying she however had the satisfaction of hearing her two brothers ask those questions she longed to put to him herself by the answers he made she doubted not but the deceased had been courted by mr trueworth had loved him and was to have been married to him by her having made him so considerable a legacy the rest of their conversation that whole day was chiefly on matters concerning the late mr goodman the baseness of lady mellicin and the measures that were taking to detect the fraud she had been guilty of all which was very dry and insipid to miss betsy at this time as indeed it would have been had it turned on any other subject she was not therefore very sorry when the company broke up that she might be at home and at full liberty to indulge meditations which promised her more satisfaction than anything she could hear abroad she had set it down in her mind from what the lawyer had said as a sure fact that mr trueworth since his desisting his courtship to her had loved another and also that her rival in his affection was now no more he need not said she to herself be at the trouble of sitting a second time for his picture in compliment to her nor can what i have done be a subject of disquiet to either of them she then would take his picture out of the cabinet where she had concealed it and examine it attentively good god cried she how uncertain is the heart of man how little dependence ought we to place on all the professions of love they make us just so he looked with all his tenderness in his eyes when his false tongue protested he never could think of marrying any woman but myself but these uneasy and indeed unjust reflections lasted not above a minute mrs blanchfield said she had a large fortune it was that perhaps that he was in love with and finding no hope of gaining me he might be tempted by his ambition to make his addresses to her but whatever were his thoughts on her account she is now dead and who knows what may happen that he once loved me is certain if he should return to his first vows the obligation i have received from him would not permit me to treat him with the same indifference i have done i am not in love with any man continued she but if i ever marry he certainly exclusive of what he has done for me deserves in every respect to have the preference and i should with less regret submit to the yoke of wedlock with him than any other i have seen thus she went on forming ideal prospects all the night and part of the ensuing day when the elder mr thoughtless came and gave her the most unwelcome interruption she could receive he told her that he had just received an account to his entire satisfaction in everything relating to mr munden and that no reasonable objection could be made either as to the family the estate or the character of that gentleman therefore said he as you have thought fit to encourage his pretensions 
and he has continued them a sufficient length of time to defend you from the censure of a too quick consent you cannot i think in honour but reward his passion without delay miss betsy was at present in a disposition very unfit to comply with her brother's advice but after all that had been urged by him and by mr francis she could not assume courage wholly to refuse she hesitated she began a sentence without ending it and when she did her answers were not all of a piece with that ready wit which she had always testified on other occasions mr thoughtless perceiving she was rather studious to evade giving any determinate answer than willing to give such a one as he desired she should began to expostulate with her on the capriciousness of her humour and behaviour he conjured her to reflect on her late adventure with the impostor sir frederick Finier, and how ill it became her to countenance the addresses of a wretch like him and at the same time trifle with a man of fortune and reputation she suffered him to go on in this manner for a considerable time without giving him the least interruption but by degrees recovering her spirits i shall take care sir said she never to fall into the like adventure again neither do i intend to trifle with mr munden but marriage is a thing of too serious a nature to hurry into without first having made trial of the constancy of the man who would be a husband and also of being well assured of one's own heart mr thoughtless then told her with some warmth that he found she was relapsing into a humour and way of thinking which could not in the end but bring ruin on herself and disgrace to all her family and added that for his part he should intermeddle no more in her affairs the tender soul of miss betsy was deeply affected at these words she loved her brothers and could not bear their displeasure the thought of having any disagreement with them was dreadful to her yet the putting a constraint on her inclinations to oblige them was no less so in this dilemma whether she complied or whether she refused she found herself equally unhappy one moment she was opening her mouth to yield a ready assent to all that was requested of her on the score of mr munden the next to confess that she neither liked nor loved that gentleman and knew not whether she could ever be able to resolve on a marriage with him but her sincerity forbade the one and her fears of offending gave a check to the other and both together kept her entirely silent you ought methinks however resumed mr thoughtless to have spared mr munden the trouble of laying open his circumstances and me that of examining into them i should undoubtedly have done so sir answered she if i had been entirely averse to the proposals of mr munden therefore both you and he are too hasty in judging you know brother that sir ralph and my dear lady trusty will be in town in a very few days and i am willing to have the approbation of as many of my friends as possible in a thing of so much consequence to my future peace mr thoughtless was now somewhat better satisfied than he had been and after recommending to her a constancy of mind and resolution took his leave of her this conversation having a little dissipated those gay imaginations she was before possessed of she began to consider seriously what she meant by all this and what it availed her to give both her lover and brothers 
so much matter of complaint against her she reflected that she had now gone so far with that gentleman that neither honour towards him nor regard to her own reputation would well suffer her to go back since it is so then said she to herself to what end do i take all this trouble to invent excuses for delaying what must one day necessarily be yet wherefore must it be continued she i have made no promise and if a better offer should happen i see no reason that obliges me to reject it for example if mr trueworth or such a one as mr trueworth if his equal is to be found in nature neither my brothers nor the world i fancy would condemn me for quitting mr munden why then cried she need i make all this haste to put myself out of the way of fortune i am young enough have lost no part of what has attracted me so many admirers and while my heart and hand are free have at least a chance of being more happy than mr munden can make me in a word being fully persuaded in her mind that the lady who had supplanted her in mr trueworth's affection was dead she imagined there was a probability he might renew his addresses to herself she wished at least to make the experiment and to that end resolved to give no promise to mr munden yet would she not allow herself to think she loved the other but only that she would give him the preference as he was a match of more advantage nothing is more certain nor i believe more obvious to the reader than that this young lady almost from the time of mr trueworth's quitting her had entertained a growing inclination for him which the late service he had rendered her had very much increased but this her pride would not suffer her to own even to herself as the comic poet truly says for whatsoever the sages charge on pride the angels fall and twenty faults beside on earth tis sure mung us of mortal calling pride saves man oft and woman too from falling end of chapter twenty